Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. A great start, but not sensational with Maddie and Smitty. Brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website, running on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, USC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 28th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is B-E-T-U-S.com. And use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay into the, in the industry. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. <laughs> did you, did you, uh, any, uh, any bets, any, any winning, any winnings? I, I, you know what? I, I placed some, uh, some futures. I don't know if I futures. told you this in the, in the okay. last episode. I placed some All futures right. on your very Boston Bruins. Oh, what, what were the odds there? Oh, you're going to ask me that. I think now. it was, what it was, it 28 to one or something to, to win it? I think it was 28 to one to win it. Mm-hmm. And like nineteen to one, I think, for uh, Eastern Conference final. So to get there, Eastern Conference okay. final champions, Eastern Conference okay. champions, and then right. uh, over ninety four and a half points. Yeah, I'll go over there. So I did. So I yeah, I yeah. did all of them. I put a little yeah. money on 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 all of it. So there you go. You know, I'm in this with the people. Let's go, yeah. Bruins. <laughs> I tell you what, you win a win a chicken dinner if you if they win the cup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll not do anything for our listeners, but we'll be <laughs> we'll be happy for me. Not a damn thing. No, maybe but, we'll give some. You know what? We'll give some. We'll give some Bruins Benders merch away if oh, uh, if if Smitty if Smitty hits uh, the big time. Yeah, if Smitty yeah, hits the big we'll time. Have, you know what we should do if we have to, if you win it all if yeah. they win it all, then maybe we'll have like a, a contest to be special guest on the episode. On we an could episode have a special. We could have that, or we yeah. could have like a Bruins Benders. You know. Uh, uh, meet and greet, or like a, oh, yeah. you know, we'll have like a little, a little VIP sesh, a little party somewhere. Yeah, we'll, we'll sit, we'll sit right in front, right out of uh, Causeway Street. Maybe, we'll, maybe you know what we should do sidewalk. if we if we hit something like that, we should we should rent like a suite next year Ooh. at yeah. the Garden and invite some go. of the Benders fam in, and we'll oh. and we'll have you know me and you and twenty of our closest friends, yes. you know, taking a Bruins game and just get after it. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So win the thing. Yeah, we gotta we gotta win the thing first. Yeah, they gotta win it first. Okay. That sounds good. That's a great, great idea. All right. So three games last week. The Bruins, their home opener against the Arizona Coyotes on October the fifteenth. Bruins get the win against the lowly Coyotes six to three. They do blow a lead. Coyotes come back to tie the game at three. Bruins lose Brandon Carlo late in the first to an upper body injury. He hasn't been back since. Uh, not a great second period with some questionable officiating. Uh, AJ Greer with two goals, 10 different goal scorers in the first two games. Um, you know, just a, a win is a win here, but uh, losing Carlo was not uh, ideal. Yeah, I mean, that's the main takeaway from that game. You you need to win that game. You need to win your home opener, first of all, and then you need to beat an Arizona Coyote, Coyotes team that's on the road for 16 games to start their season as, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever they... <laughs> 
they 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 get the uh, the college campus all set up and ready to go for when they uh, when they get that rocking and rolling. But uh, yeah, you need that you needed that win against a bad Coyotes team, and uh, but losing Kylo is really the main takeaway. You you can't afford to have you know another top four D go down for a long period of time here. Yeah. If you're a prospective student at Arizona State and you go to the open house, do you get like free tickets to the Arizona Coyotes game? You probably I, I do. I, you know, I, I mean, if if I'm an Arizona State student, like to me, that's a fantastic draw. Like I'm oh in. Oh my god, yeah. You know I'm what I mean? The hockey games. Yeah. Hopefully, absolutely. I mean, the Arizona State hockey team is probably better than the Coyotes are, but well, you know. that's true too. <laughs> but that's there's true that. too. But you get you get football in the fall, and you go right into the hockey season all all the way through to the spring. Well, you know, it's you know early early spring for Arizona, but yeah, that's a great take. Um, all right, October seventeenth. Versus the Florida Panthers, Bruins win again, five to three. Jake DeBrusque was sensational in this one. Two goals, fantastic assists after great individual effort. Beats a guy, foot race to the puck, a uh, little flip backhand pass to Bergeron for the goals. A good win against a a really good you know Panthers team. Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was um, you know kind of a measuring stick for both teams early in the season. Both teams came into the game at two and zero, so uh, it was nice to see the Bruins come out on the on the winning end of that. Like you said, DeBrusque was the best player on the ice uh, for either side. He was sensational in this one, um, and it's good to see. You know, he seems like you know we. Well, I'll say this now, but he seems like he's starting to develop more consistency. I know it's early in the season, but. Um, maybe, you know, playing with Bergeron consistently is rubbing off on him. He did have a really good second half of the year last year. He finished really strong. I think 37 points, I think in his last like 46 games. Yeah. Um, so he's been really good now for a while. And -hmm. if that can continue, uh, you know, it's a really, really good sign for the Bruins for when Marshan comes back. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's up, he's up amongst some of the leaders in that, that stretch of time among among the league, yeah, absolutely uh, for for points in that many games. So that was, uh, but yeah, he's been great, and he's always been a confidence guy. You know, and he's mm-hmm. confident, and he loves to score goals. No one loves to score goals more than Jake DeBrusque. Well, maybe so AJ AJ Greer may give him a run for his money. Well, that's true too. He loves it too. <laughs> but but Jake, when he does, it just it just feeds the rest of his game. When he doesn't, yeah, is when he hits that hits that you know little schneid. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, let's see if he doesn't score for six or seven games and see what kind. Uh, you know, effect that has on him. Yeah. Uh, all right. October 18th at the senators. Now this was last night. This was a tough start. You get ambushed a little bit by a team that's hungry for a win. They lost the first two games, only scored three goals in the two games. Um, probably a scheduled loss there, but the Bruins just not ready to go after being found three to nothing. They come back to tie it. Uh, then they give up the next three uh, in sort of a shootout type of a game. Many defensive breakdowns and turnovers. One ghastly one by Anton Strahlman. Uh The goalie wasn't saving them either. Jeremy Swayman just didn't have it at all. Bruins did fight back, cut it to 6-5, but the Sens get the insurance goal, and then a late penalty, the Bergeron kind of sealed it. And it was, again, you had to figure the Senators, it's the second of a back-to-back for the Bruins, Senators home opener, mm-hmm. 0-2, yeah. young upstart team, lots of talent on the offensive side, and they just come out and ambush the Bruins. They did, and they and they fed. You know, they get the early goal, and then the crowd gets into it. It's a frenzy. You know, they're feeding off it because they're young. They have their legs. Bruins don't really have their legs, and and like you said, Swayman. You know, two girl, two goals on the first three shots certainly didn't help things. 
And, uh, you know, but the Bruins defense in front of him was was atrocious. I mean, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but uh, I'm I'm really not sure if they fully grasp what they're supposed to be doing defensively at this point. So at this point in time, how many times is someone going to go backdoor on the on the weak side wing? And boy, I mean, they've. They've given it up a bunch, and a few times it's led to goals. A few times there have been some near misses, but um, mm. you know their their defensive zone coverage in this one hurt them a lot. And and you know, like you said, they were kind of ambushed. And and uh, but I, it was nice to see the resiliency that the team had. You know, fighting back from three nothing down, and then six three down to cut it to mm. six to five. So uh, they never gave up, and uh, you know that's a good sign um, for uh, you know for winning teams. You know, I, I wrote a, a, a three takeaways on the inside of the rink, and I said just that, like, the backdoor seam pass all day long against this team, like, all the time. And the defenseman, you know, drops in, pinches mm-hmm. in, yeah. and he's wide open. Yeah. And that's how they scored one of the goals. And yeah. it was just, there was a lot of chances there. And you're right, kind of running around in in their end. And I know they're, they're down people, but um, it's probably not a good combination of being down people and trying a new system defensively. Right. Because now you're just, now it's it's sort of danger zone there. Um, all right. Seven Chirps time sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops of Brewery and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lobsbrewing.com and follow them on social media at lobsbrewing. And they have some really nice hockey jerseys, little lobsbrewing hockey jerseys, just shirts that I really Yeah, they really got some enjoy. some really nice long sleeve stuff. They and, do some, oh, yeah. some merch, yeah. yeah. they do. It's good stuff. Uh, all right, Chirp 1. Rumors out there. That the Bruins reverse retro jersey this year is the Pooh Bear jersey on a white background. Your thoughts? <laughs> I'm gonna get well. So there's a segment of the of the Bruins fandom that's gonna kill me for this, and then a segment that's gonna agree with me. Um, but I hate the Pooh Bear jersey. I, I really do. do. I, do. I hate I it. I've never liked it. I don't like the whatever that's supposed to be bear claw scratches or whatever that like design element is along the bottom and the shoulders. I hate it. The pool bear looks like brain dead, just like a lifeless thing with staring off. Yeah. With two like (laughs) little white dots. I mean, I I just, I don't get it. I don't like it. I would rather give me meth bear a thousand times out of a thousand. That thing's crazy. It's wild. It was on the shoulders of the, of the good teams in the seventies. Give me that right. guy and uh, and put that on a jersey, and I'm all in. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I I don't love either, but I certainly don't like the Pooh Bear at all. I mean, I, I'll I'll do the Meth Bear. At least it looks a little better, a little tougher, a little I don't know, all, all of it. Yeah, it's crazy. Pooh Bear looks crazy. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. And and here, here's my question. You know, the eight, so many people on social media. There's been so much talk about the '80s jerseys. Why are they so? adverse <laughs> to just to just try in the friggin 80s jersey for a retro something or other that's a throwback you or know something. what i hope they use i hope they go like black 80s like retro for the for the winter classic oh that would be phenomenal like give me give me Give me that, it's you know, five year anniversary, the yeah. 87, 88 team. Yeah. Okay. Give me that. Do that give one. me that. Boom. Bring some guys out. Yeah. Bring Rick Middleton out. Yeah. Give me Nifty. Give me Ray Bork. Yeah. Give me Cam Neely. John Bice. Give me, put, you put know, those give guys me in a, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Keith Crowder. Yeah, put them all in it. I'm with but, you. Yeah. So uh, to me, like I've always been as far as jerseys go, a less is more guy. I don't. Yes. I don't like. I don't. That's why I like the Red Wings. Don't it's pollute it with more. all the yeah. other crap. Like just right. give me the jersey. Give me the logo. Right. And no. and don't give me this stuff. No. And the Pooh no. Bear thing. Like no. I don't know. Uh, but I've like I'm I'm like that with everything. T shirts, sneakers. Like I don't want forty five designs on my sneakers. I don't want a zip no. and then a velcro and then a thing. No. I like I don't just no. less is more. Less is more. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm with you hundred percent and uh I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't just don't like it. Uh, all right. Chirp two. Gary Bettman, after a four-hour board of governors meeting, tells assembled media here in New York City that the escrow balance likely will be paid off at the end of the season by the players, and if so, the salary cap will jump this summer to around by around four million bucks. If not fully paid, cap goes up just one million. This is uh, Bruins are praying. For four million, as other teams are too, because everybody's getting there. But four million is what it needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. As, it absolutely needs for to the be. for the Bruins' sake, one hundred percent. It needs to be four million. So, uh, whoever are the you know the player reps for the Bruins, you got to do some lobbying here and and uh, no doubt <laughs> and get that out to the players to get that escrow paid off. So, I mean, and it benefits them because they'll all make more money. The cap yeah, goes sure. up, all the all the players make more money. So they it would it would make sense. Uh, for everyone involved, um, f- for the for the cap to go up, for the for the players to pay it off, and and uh, right. you know everybody wins. I mean, four million bucks is Pavel Zaka. It's Jeremy Swayman. Yeah, like it's 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 a it's a pretty good player. Yeah. Like, but a million bucks going up is not good for no, them. That's not Anton. That's Anton Strawman. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's Connie Clifton. That's- <laughs> Cliffy, <laughs> Cliffy Hockey. Yeah, we need $4 million bucks on that cap, please. Um, all right, Chirp 3. Are the early season defensive struggles the result of the new system, some new players, or the injuries on defense? I believe that it is a combination of the three. But if you, mm-hmm. had, to, um, if you had to pin me down for one, I would say it is the new system. I, I, I agree 100% it's a new system because it just looks like, look, they, a lot of these guys have been on the team. I mean, they've been right. okay okay to decent players. I mean, I, I know that they're missing McAvoy and, and now Carlo and Grizzlick, but mm-hmm. they still have guys who have been on the team. Um, they just look like they don't, you said it before the broadcast, they don't know where they're going sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like um, they've been a lot, and most of them have been on the team a long time. So they've been in the mm-hmm. system for multiple years. So right. trying to trying to relearn something after you've been doing it a different way for multiple years isn't easy. So it's going to no. take them a little time, I think, to 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 grasp it. Having the new guys come in certainly doesn't help. Like Strawman has, you know, he has no experience in this. And then you know you have some some other guys. Uh, Renouf was filled in, and um, mm-hmm. you know they've been have some guys in and out with injury, and you know switching sides. Zaboral's coming off an injury, so um, and then the injuries. You know McAvoy being out, Grizzlick being out, Carlo, um, you know was in and then out the last few. Um, Zaboral coming back from injury, so they they all those combination of things. Um, certainly isn't helping, and it's going to take him some time. But I, I think the, the main culprit is trying to trying to learn that new system. 
Well, here's the other thing. Is it the right group to do it with? Well, that's true. I mean, right. That's a, that's a, that's a big, that's a big question. Cause you have guys jump up in the play and then, you know, Brandon Kylo's not exactly a, a sniper back there. So he jumps up in the play, makes a good decision. He did it in preseason a lot. And then, you know, high glass crew, you know, jumps yeah. up, has yeah. a great opportunity to score, yeah. score a goal. And he, Clink. yeah. And then he yeah. whistles one off the glass <laughs> right. that rims around and then they're going two on one or three on two the other way because he's up, up ice. So, um, that that is a valid point. Do do they have the right type of defensive players to make this work? I think maybe once you get some of your studs back, your McAvoy's, your Grizzlicks, who's a good puck mover, um, you know, when you get some of those guys back, you know, it won't look as bad because McAvoy and Grizzlick are going to be taking away some minutes from some guys who might not ordinarily be um, excellent offensively. Right, and then down down on the farm, like a Mason and Lowry, this is the type of style that he would excel in, probably, because he's an offensive-type defenseman. He's right. a guy who likes to jump in, shoot the puck, you know, yeah. put points up. You know, he might not be great in his own end, but if he's good enough, this is the type. So maybe the roster needs to turn over some, you know, to, yeah. to make this really work. I just, I'm just concerned that at the end of the day, you got to keep the other puck out of the net. And for right. years, the Bruins have had good defensive structure, have have been amongst the, the leaders in the league of, of less goals against. Mm-hmm. So now it's a different philosophy. And if you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, especially this year, I don't know if it's the right move when you're trying to win the Cup for this year, if this is really the right move to tinker with it that much to to really put yourself in a good position to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I there's there's pros and cons to it. We talked about it in a previous episode. You know, there's a balance there where, you know, they were towards the bottom of the league and have been for quite a while of generating offense from their defensemen. And this is a, a way to get better at that and help them in transition, maybe make it a little bit more easy to score goals off the rush and, and so forth. So they're a little bit better five-on-five. Five. Um but at the same time, you have to be cognizant of giving up, you know, two-on-ones and three-on-twos. And, and, you know, the league's quicker now. The Bruins aren't the fastest team. So with, um, you know, quicker teams in transition, you know, the Rangers and, you know, Ottawa's quick now with some of their young forwards. So, you know, that stuff is going to – you got to have to balance whether or not, you know, you, you give up transition opportunities to some of these high-flying teams now. Yeah, no doubt. And and so, <clears throat> yeah, I just, I, I think you're right. You have to wait until you get this group in, you know, the, the real group in and then play for three, four weeks and, yeah. and then see where you are uh, around Thanksgiving time, hopefully, or beyond. All right. Uh, chirp four offensively. Is this the deepest forward group the Bruins have had in a long time? I think it is. Mm. I think it is. And I think this is kind of what they envisioned the group being last year. Because they, I think they thought Felino would be better than he was. Right. You know, I think they thought no Coyle would be better. Yeah. Nosek would add something yeah. to the fourth line. He started off hot. Like Craig Smith um, was really good mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Last year, not so much. Um, so I thought, I think they thought they had it last year, and it just mm-hmm. didn't pan out for them. Where this year, I mean, it's still early, obviously, but uh, it seems like some of those guys that you're looking to chip in on the bottom lines are kind of doing that. Felino's been really good so far early in the season. Greer's 
you know, giving you stuff that you weren't expecting at all. Um, you know, no sex been pretty good. Uh, Craig Smith is, you know, the other way, but, uh, even Frederick's been pretty good. So they've been generating some stuff from the bottom six there that, uh, you know, only can, only can help them down the road when they get, uh, you know, Marshan back and, and some of their, uh, big guns. Well, you can't understate the fact that Krejci on the team. Oh yeah. Changes the whole dynamic. It sure. just does. And I know defensively it's been an adventure, <laughs> but offensively, I mean, for God's sakes, if you can't understand that this is different than Eric Halla, then I can't help you. Like, yeah. I just can't. I mean, start watching more hockey because it's just, it's to- totally different mm-hmm. having a guy like Krejci in there after Bergeron. And now Coyle slots into the third and does his possession shit and whatever. And then, you know, the fourth line has had some young legs and been able to knock in a goal or two or whatever. And, and all of a sudden, here you are. You have, you have good good forward depth and you have guys who, who are battling for spots when in the years past recent years past you really didn't have that you had like maybe a spot or two and guys couldn't win it so you went with the veteran and kind mm-hmm. of wrote it out and didn't have much there now you have five or six guys who you could just mix and match and put in there and if a guy's slumping for two or three games you're gone next guy in yeah and there's a lot of competition there so but Krejci drives the whole bus I mean he he changes the whole landscape of the, the offense uh, just by how creative he is uh, even at his age and even at his you know he's lost steps and all that but Jesus he still is just amazing with his vision and his hands and getting the people to the puck at the right spot and it's just just really good yeah i mean the, um, the bottom the bottom line uh with the bottom six right now is other than coil any of the any of the other guys can, are replaceable like sure. any any okay. of them so you yeah. can you could see any of those that you know like you said there were five or six six spots available any of those guys could come out of the lineup and they could put somebody else in a mclaughlin a you know yeah. a, a beecher could get a call up you know there's yeah. guys wagner, who, wagner guys yeah. yeah um Lauko will probably be in and out. Danica's yeah. up with the team now. So there's guys waiting to take those spots if, if people don't perform. Yeah. So I think that's a good problem to have, and we'll see how it shakes out. Because guys like Frederick and Smith have to, have to, you know, contribute. Or, I mean, they may be gone next year anyway because they're both in the last year of the deal. But, you know, they could be gone before the end of the year yeah. uh, at that rate. All right, Chirp 5, could we be seeing the Bruins going with Linus Almark? And moving on from Swayman as he is an RFA, this just really, I mean, there's an interesting decision that has to be made at the end of the year or before with these two goaltenders. It is. A, it is an interesting decision. I'm of the mind that you don't give up um, on promising goalies early because I think goaltenders, it does seem to take a little bit more time usually. So I'm not willing to give up on Swayman. You know, it, it'll be tough to see, um, depending on how he does with his RFA deal, like you'd like to see something more of like a bridged deal than a full-on deal, especially if he hasn't had a great season. But yeah. I'm I'm not looking to get rid of him. I would rather sign him to a, you know, a short-term bridge deal, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully he can prove himself. And then, you know, you revisit that down the road. You know, Allmark has, you know, after this year, I believe two more left. So, you know... Ideally, like you'd like to keep Swayman in the fold until all marks up, and hopefully Swayman at that point in time is ready to assume, you know, the number one if he hasn't won it before then. 
Yeah, I mean, you have Allmark making you know pretty good money as yeah. a goalie, and then and then having to sign Swayman. There's just something about Jeremy Swayman that just doesn't make me believe he's the guy. And I just don't can't put my finger on it because I know he's had good, you know, he's had some good numbers and some good stretches. But for the last, I would say the last couple of months of last year and now into this year, he hasn't been and he didn't win the, the, the job in preseason. And it's almost like you're starting to understand why the Bruins signed Allmark. Like it, this is why they did, even when people questioned it in the past, because you had Jeremy Swayman, the hot mm-hmm. prospect. And then when they signed him, you're like, boy, you know, really that deal. And then now you kind of understand why. And I wonder if the team has doubts. It's, it's possible. And, and you, you know, you do see these kind of, you know, no, I'm not saying Swayman's a flash in the pan, but you do see some of these kind oh, sure. of, you know, goalies early on are sensational, yeah. and then they yeah. just flame out. You know, yeah, Carter Blaine Locker, Mike yeah. Moffitt, yeah, yeah. Guys I mean, the Bruins. Blaine Locker, yeah. They, I mean, yeah. there was there was guys that that had, have done it with the Bruins. You know, Carter Hart's a recent example with Philadelphia. Yeah. He was excellent when he first came up, and then you know he's really struggled. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, I know a lot of it depends on the team around you and things like that, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it does happen. So, sure. um, I think Allmark is a, is a really good insurance policy for Swayman, you know, for the time being and, and, you know, hopefully Swayman can be more consistent and kind of straighten out some mm-hmm. of his, uh, his issues. And then he's the, he's the one for you down the road. Yeah. Something to definitely keep an eye on, because as you said, um, they have to sign him, and if they can sign him to like a one year th- two and a half, you know, bridge or something, Hmm. then then I'm okay with that. But anything else that you have to make a decision on who you're going to go with. Uh, Chirp six, Craig Smith, healthy scratch against Ottawa. He's UFA at season's end. There's a ton of depth now, as we just talked about. Should the Bruins just deal him for a pick and save that money? Uh, I mean, the saving money thing is enticing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he he was like the fourth or fifth leading goal scorer on the team last year, I think. Like, yeah, what do you have? 16, 16, or 16 goals, yeah. I think. So yeah. I'm not getting rid of that. I 16 goals for three mil is is not. Third yeah, line. I mean, it's yeah. not bad. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. to me, I hope he can rediscover it. Maybe sit him a game will will light a fire under his ass and 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 get him going in the right direction. Um, but. And maybe he's just cashed. I mean, maybe he is. He seems to be putting in the effort still, mm-hmm. but the shots just aren't coming. And I don't know if it's just not an, um, like a non-compatibility with Coil. Yeah, like Coil just just be. holds on to the puck, holds on to the puck, holds on to the puck, and and then Torture. he's not giving yeah. it to Smith in a, in a place where he can shoot and score. Which right. is what he needs. He needs right. he needs to get the puck in a place where he can get his shot off, and he's just he's not generating scoring chances uh, on that line. So I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe you put him down with the fourth line and you tell him to crash and bang and get to the net, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe he you know develops something with you know Nosek and Felino, a couple of other veteran guys, maybe who are willing to you know pass the puck a little bit more. And mm. and put Lok Lauko or whoever is going to be that mm. you know third line right wing agreer I guess for now, um, right? And uh, mm. with with um, with Coyle and and uh, Frederick and yeah. and you know maybe they have a little bit better uh, chemistry. 
Yeah, I, I you almost wonder if if Krejci, if if Smith had like ten games of Krejci, what that would look like or something. And obviously, you're not going to do that. You have better players to play with Krejci, but you almost wonder if he had a playmaker type like Krejci because he is he loves to shoot the puck. I mean, that's what he does. That's how he scores his goals. Yeah, he shoots the puck. He's a high volume shooter mm-hmm. when he gets it. Um, and I think the the coil thing is a good thing. Like they had they had a good thing going, and now it seems like that's slowly but surely gone away and it must be a little frustrating playing with coil because it's it's like a poor man's army yager he's he's circle it cycle it put your ass out you know hold it hold it hold it hold it and then nothing it comes of it and uh that's uh that's a tough one for smith so hopefully but i do like the fact that having smith when you need him like on the top line you can just throw him there yeah. You know I mean, if someone goes out, you can put Smith anywhere up and down the lineup because he's a vet who can score a goal. Um, all right. Now, chart number seven, are the Bruins going to salvage something from Nick Foligno after all? Doesn't it? it I mean, if you if, if people were betting at the start of this season, like over mm-hmm. under goals on Nick Foligno. Oh, I mean, you you're, you have a suite up at uh, yeah. up the Bruins game, right? I think yeah. you would. I mean, I, I think mm. I think he's and he's been good. Uh, early in the season so far. So um, I think maybe the um, the placing him through waivers, I think maybe kind of kicked him in the ass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems as though he's responding the way you would want a, a good veteran, you know, leader type to respond with his mm-hmm. play on the ice. And he's been good. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's yeah. you know, that you can't discredit him at all the way he's played. Uh, so far no. in the season. No, I mean, the, the goal he had against the Senators was carry it in, make a smart play to the, to the winger, yeah. and then get to the net and bang in the rebound. Yeah. Like, that's perfect. That's, the, he, it, it reminds me of Nick Ritchie when he actually scored goals here. Is that type of goal. <laughs> yeah. Like just give it to somebody. Don't lug the puck. Don't touch it. Right. Don't do anything. And then just go to the front of the net. And if it hits your stick, smack it in. Yeah. Like just whack it home. Yeah. I mean, and you I, know. yeah. And he can, he can hit and he can be mm-hmm. physical and ornery and so forth. So, right. uh, I, I like that aspect of his game. I think the Bruins need more of that, uh, up and down the lineup, really. Uh, so if, you know, you can have him in the lineup mm-hmm. to give you some of that stuff and then chip in occasionally with goals, um, and those are the type of goals that get scored in the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. the it's the you know get the puck to the winger, drive hard to the net, and bang something in in front of the net when there's a scrum. Sure. Uh, sure. So no. I, I I love what I've seen from him so far. Sure, and it's not you know not a ton of pressure down there. I mean they had him on the third line at times. Us you know they're trying to move him up and down the line. They just keep him down that fourth line and hopefully he kicks one in every once in a while and. And just continues to play this way. Mm-hmm. All right. It is time for the beauties and benders part of the podcast. And our three beauties. And beauty number three is, in fact, Nick Felino. Be loving you from dawn until dusk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will be. Hopefully until <laughs> dusk. Yes. Uh, Nick Foligno, uh is just a couple of goals already. Matches last year's total. Yeah. Uh, didn't take long, and uh, you know, hopefully he can continue to do that and um, playing with some younger guys, and maybe Felino and Nosek can find something together for a bit and just uh, 
you know, solidify that fourth line. Uh, beauty number two, A.J. Greer. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. <laughs> Anthony John Greer. Anthony John. Uh, he's been terrific. And uh, so here we are. He's got, uh, what, three goals three in goals. the season? Yeah. And he's been, um, you know, everything that we had that sneak peek of, like he can, you know, he just, he's got a really good shot. He does I mean, have a really a good shot. Yeah. On that goal. Like when he's in the area, he can score it. And he's a pretty, um, he's a big, he's another big guy, six, three. Yeah. So yeah. he can, he can bring some of that physicality. He's willing to drop the gloves. So, uh, you know, it's another guy that you like to have on your team and he's producing. So sure. sensational. Love it. Yeah. This, this lineup they have right now, you can't, you can't, use the old narrative of they're they're smaller and not big enough or not heavy enough because they they are probably one of the bigger teams now with this lineup that guys who are you know pretty big yeah so um and number one beauty gonna love you eh? they're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk jake debrusque oh he's been he's been really good and it's obvious that that Jim Montgomery here has helped. He's talked about it. Um, he's, he's, he said he was freed, felt some freedom. And, um, you know, this is the DeBrusque we saw early on in his career. You know, that playoff game against Toronto, and he had that tremendous play against Jake Gardner there when he went under his stick and mm-hmm. banged it home and grabbed the emblem and the whole thing. Yeah. Like that's, the, that's the Jake everybody fell in love with. Sure. And this is the Jake we're seeing now. Yeah, he's been he's been really really good. Probably the best player on the ice uh, for a couple of the games anyway, and and maybe single handedly won that Panthers game uh, sure. with his with his play. He was he was really good. So uh, good for Jake, and uh, and it happened on his birthday too. By the way, yeah, happy birthday, Jake! Twenty sixth birthday, and yeah. uh, so uh, good for him, and and hopefully he stays consistent with it all year and has a has a real big season. And he's a bargain at four million this year and next. That's right. So there, you, there you have it. There you um, have it. All right, three benders now, and bender number three is the newcomer Pavel Zaka. I'm a bender. <laughs> he has been sort of a sort of a meh. Yeah, from Pavel Zaka. You know, just sort of meh. You know, just sort of not not much there. I mean, he's he's benefited from being with Parsonak and Krejci. Yeah, you know, they seem to do all the work, and he seems to skate around a little bit. And I think this is kind of what the knock was coming in when he was with New Jersey. It was like he just he he takes you there, and then he doesn't get you over the hump. Like he doesn't. He he's a he's a you know he's a little bit of a tease. Yeah, he he shows flashes where you're like, oh, what was that? Yeah. You know, he makes yeah. a little move or does something and rips a shot off and you know misses the net or whatever. But he right. he there's little things he does where you can see the you can see it the skill in the mm-hmm. in the hands and you know he has the size and he has the speed so you can see it all there and he just hasn't quite put it together. Um, part of it I think maybe is uh, the new system getting accustomed to new teammates. It's still early for him early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he needs a road trip to kind of bond with the guys and that kind of thing. And, right. and, uh, you know, put in a couple of goals, get on a little bit of a hot streak. Um, but his, uh, defensive zone has been bad. He was one of those guys that was beaten on the backdoor seam pass, mm. uh, yep. where he was kind of standing still and the guy snuck in behind him. So, uh, 
you know, hopefully he can he can turn it around. But uh, so far hasn't uh, hasn't been great. Yeah, it's been kind of underwhelming. Uh, bender number two, Craig Smith. Ah, the bender. Uh, Smitty has not been good and uh, was benched a uh, healthy scratch against Ottawa. And the Bruins have, you know, have, do have the luxury of some depth there. And uh, But the Bruins, I think we've decided that they'll need Craig Smith uh, to, to be as good as they can be. I think they, I think so. I think they do need him to be as good as they can be, and it'll be interesting to see if he draws back in on Thursday because uh, they didn't win the game. So no. um, I'm, I I would imagine there will be some lineup changes. You know, other than Allmark and Swayman, I I feel like right. there might be some other little uh, little shifts there to to change things up a bit. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets back in the lineup on Thursday night. Yeah, and you're home now for for at least a week, so. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have, um, you know, you have a Thursday night and a Saturday matinee. So maybe he gets in there somewhere. Uh, and then Bender number one, Jeremy Swayman. Ah, Bender. Sway, not the way. Not the way. Last night at all. Uh, in fact, it was way out of the way. And uh, that's not, that's not good. Uh, I think you'll see Linus Allmark playing uh, you know, more of the majority of games if you see that from Swayman. Yeah, I feel like Omark, it's possible Omark might get like the next couple here. Yeah. Um, and they'll try to like straighten it out with Swayman maybe a little bit in practice or something like that. And then, yeah. you know, put him in, you know, in a, in a week or so or something like that and, and give Omark the net here for the next few days, uh, next few mm-hmm. games, I mean. Yeah. And, and you know what? As I'm watching the game, I could almost hear Bruce Cassidy say, "Say, uh, you know, needed to save there. You know, needed, needed to save there. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, your goalie needs to make a save there. Yeah, you know, I could almost hear him saying that because in the beginning of that game, it just seemed like I know they were getting blitzed and they weren't playing well at all. Yeah, but your goalie needs to stand in his head a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's a game like what Tuka Rask would make, like you know." five or six saves yeah you'd be like okay we're hanging in right maybe it's one nothing yeah but we're hanging in yeah but swayman it was like even even though they were killing them they had three shots on on three goals on like eight shots yeah like, it wasn't like they were peppering them but they had the good chances and and boom it was in the net the first goal was pretty bad i mean it's, yeah you're you're down too early yeah you're in your butterfly or whatever it is or spread eagle and it just slides under your pads like in the five holes just bad you know that's that's the so, big difference i think from montgomery to cassidy was after the game they asked montgomery about swayman and cassidy would have said like you said wow we yeah. We need a save there. But Montgomery said, (laughs) Montgomery said, and this, this is probably the difference and probably why the players like playing from Montgomery. It's still early, but he said, we kind of hung him out to dry there talking about swimming. So that's That's different. different. That's not putting it on the goalie. Like, Oh, we needed, we needed a save. He was saying, wow, we kind of screwed him. We, we didn't give him any help. So Mm -hmm. we can't expect him to make saves when we're not giving him any help. So I think yeah, I think right. that's a that's a big difference between between Cassidy and Montgomery and probably why Cassidy's not the head coach of the Boston Bruins anymore. Right, that's true. And, you know, here's a, here's another example of Montgomery. A few games ago, there was a the the game where Pasta took the shot was blocked, and then three on one the other way in a goal, 
And my Montgomery says, "Yeah, well, you, you kind of want Pasternak to take that shot anyway. I mean, you don't you don't want to turn that down. He gets blocked, and then it, and then it goes the other way, and that's hockey. Yeah, like, really? Like Bruce Cassidy would never say that no. in a million years. But I mean, a million years. But he's not wrong though. He well, like, he's not wrong. He's yeah. he's he, like I would want Pasta to take that shot. You would want sure. him to. Like every, uh, everybody's, yeah. you know, if he turned yeah. that down and tried to do like a between the legs dangle or something like that, yeah. everybody would have been killing him. No, you're in the slot 15 feet away. Man. Right. Fire yeah. Shoot the puck. puck. Yeah. Of course you yeah. want Pasta to shoot. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I think Monty's, Monty's, I mean, it's funny though, cause it's different because even last year, the Bruins would have a game where it would be, you know, they'd lose, you know, you know, three to two and, and, and Cassidy would inevitably say, well, I needed a save there. You know, like it's, it's not the fact that he couldn't score a goal or that he couldn't score five on five or that your power play sucks. <laughs> it's the goal. He needed to make a save. Yeah. Always the goal. He loved it. He loved even yeah. Tuka at the end of the, at the end of it. Yeah. He would say something about Tuka. Like he would start to get a little chippy with Tuka at the yeah. end with certain things like that. Well, he was a former defenseman, yeah. offensive defenseman. So he's yeah. not going to blame the defense. He's going to blame the goalies. No, he's, not, he's definitely going to blame the he's goalies. Not, he's not blaming his defensive structure. That's, <laughs> no. that's gold. That's gold. No. Yeah. Uh, all right. For the first time this year, it's the Bruins Benders power rankings back for another season. And it's early, but coming in at number seven, is the unsung upstart still sucky Philadelphia Flyers? <laughs> Torts led Philadelphia Flyers. Right. Torts, Torts got those. Torts has got those kids believing, man. He's got he them. Does. He's got. Tell you, he can get guys to play mm-hmm. for him. I don't know what it is. I don't know yeah. what he does to do it. Mm-hmm. But for a period of time, period, and it's yes. not a long period of time. You're but for about small uh, short but for shelf life, but for yeah. a period of time, yeah. he can yeah. get guys to buy in. And man, yeah. his teams play hard. They do hard. Block shots. They make it you. tough on you. Like it's like his yeah. Honest yeah. It's like his personality, man. He, it's just hard. It's abrasive. They're in your face. Yeah. They're on oh, top yeah. of you, and it's perfect for Philly. Yeah, Perfect for Philly, and, and and the the problem's going to be when they lose five in a row. Yeah, and Torts is is throwing sticks. Yeah, at at people. Yeah, and that's not going to be good at all. But no. for right now, um, you know they're ready to play, yep. and they're not very talented, nope. but they're ready to play. And I thought they were going to be the worst team in the league, to be honest with you. And uh, here they are at three and zero. All right, number six, the Vegas Golden Knights and old friend Bruce Cassidy, three and one. After the loss last night, a game they should have won. They were up two nothing. Yeah, at Calgary. So the Vegas Golden Knights come in at six, number five. I have the Colorado Avalanche here. I know they're two and one. They play. Uh, I think they play tonight. Uh, but I think they play Winnipeg. Probably win it. But they're still ultra talented, and I just couldn't have other teams up in front of Colorado because they're they're just so good. They are. They're they're super talented. The defending mm-hmm. uh, champions. So they they'll be, they, they'll be without Lane Landeskog though for like for a good amount of time, I guess. Yeah, so they they deserve to be on the list, but you know they have some injuries and and you know obviously lost some guys. So it'll be interesting to see how they they rebound. You know, having sure. having the having the uh, bullseye on their back and and losing sure. some guys and some injury yeah. things. So a little Stanley Cup yeah, over. could be could be. Yeah. And number four, your Boston Bruins. At three and one, still have them up in the top four. Um, you know, this is a really good team. And when they get fully healthy, it could be a really scary team. 
I think so. I think when if they if they get healthy and can stay healthy, they are mm. going to be uh, difficult a difficult out when it comes to sure. uh, to the playoffs. Sure, without without a doubt. Uh, number three, the Dallas Stars are three and zero and out and outscoring opponents thirteen to three. I mean, Dallas is, you know, Dallas is one of those teams you really don't think about when you think about the top, you know, ten twelve teams in the league, but. They kind of hang around at they times. Do. They're kind of a funky team. Like you think they can look so bad at times. Oh, I know. And at other times look really good. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have some a weird team. They have some good forwards. I mean, you know, Ben and, and Sagan and Robertson yeah. and uh, yeah. what was it? Nishushkin and Ro- Ro- Robertson had a great year. Yeah, he did. Year. Scored yeah. 40 goals, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, so. they, they, they are, uh, you and know, they have some, some good, talent. uh, Heiskanen, Heiskanen and on the yeah. back end. So they have some, they have some talent and, uh, Ottinger is really good. Yeah. He's so, really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's another goal. That's good goalie too, though, that, you know, young guy that, you know, is going to have to prove it over time. You know, he's, he certainly, certainly is. And that's going to be the name of the game for Dallas is any type of goaltending. Yeah. Um, all right. Number two, Calgary flames. We thought the Calgary flames would be really good with, with Huberdo and Uyghur and, and we were correct. Mm-hmm. They are pretty good. They come back to beat uh, golden Knights last night. And uh, I guess Lucic was on the fourth line. And uh, I guess they performed really, they had a really good game last night against Vegas. So that's a, that's a really good team, Calgary and a team that I think might, might make a cup final this year. They're, they're very good. They're very yeah. good. They'll be there in the end, I think. And, and Kadri signed there too. So, you know, yeah, right. he's, and yeah. he's, and he's been pretty good for them uh, yeah. early yeah. in the season. Absolutely. And then number one, the Carolina hurricanes, who I still is my pick to go to the cup final out of the East. They're just really good. And even though they lost Patch already, um, that's a really, really good team. And in a, in a division where they're really, other than maybe the, the Rangers, Rangers uh, head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, I think the Rangers will give them a run for their money a little bit, but I still think Carolina's better. I think Pittsburgh is decent also. Yeah. Um, you know, the Flyers will give people trouble, but they're not going to do anything in the end. And I, I guess the Islanders have started decently too, right? Yeah, have the they? Islanders. Yeah, I mean, and, the Islanders are another team. It's kind of like, you know, I, I don't see it with them. Yeah. But, you know, whether they have over-under it in the 90s. Yeah. Points, and I don't understand why. You know, I you know I know I have Barzal and stuff, but they don't, they didn't seem to do much to add. No, it seems and like all those you know, teams after Carolina and the Rangers are just kind of similar. So maybe they yeah. think like they're all just beat up on each other. Right. Like they all kind of win, you know, go 500 yeah. against each other kind of a thing. Yeah, maybe they maybe they felt like Washington. I think is going to have a disappointing year. I, yeah. I don't see Washington being up there. Uh, New Jersey, like so, maybe uh, Islanders are the best of the of the rest there. So, um, all right. So Smitty's going to give us our Bruins Benders powerless rankings. The powerless rankings coming yeah. in at number thirty. The Vancouver Canucks have lost uh, three. <laughs> have lost three of their first three <laughs> games after blowing multiple goal leads, and I believe. Yes. I believe I think that, that was the first time ever. Yes, was I was going yes. to say I believe it is the first time ever that anyone has started the season <laughs> losing uh, <laughs> multiple games in a row with multiple goal leads. So yes. congratulations to Terrific. Vancouver. Yeah, uh, please, 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 please do not burn down the city. Oh my God! That's, okay. yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Number thirty-one, the David 
Quinn, David Quinn, is he leading <laughs> yes. that team? The David yeah, Quinn-led right. San Jose yeah. Sharks are 0-5. Yeah. Uh, how David Quinn got another job after the terrible job he did with the Rangers team that is very talented, I will never understand. No uh, <laughs> it's the recycling of professional sports coaches, which happens throughout all the leagues, and I don't understand it at all. Mm. Uh, to think that the when the Bruins looking for a coach that he was rumored to be the top guy or one of the top guys yeah. now just makes me cringe even more. I was knowing that furious. I was furious when he was one of the nominees. I was like, oh. there's no way I want this guy running no. the team. None. And here you are. And here we are. 0-5. Oh 0-5. And five. Oh and five. Yeah, minus 11 uh, I think it's nineteen to eight goal differential. Just bad. <laughs> yeah, just eight just, goals in five games. Just, just yeah. very bad. And at number yeah. thirty-two, the two and two, <laughs> middle of the road, middle of the pack, but bottom of the barrel in our hearts, the yeah. Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, they coming in at the bottom there. because they will always be the bottom. And you know what? If if in the future of this episode we want to get rid of d- doing thirty and thirty-one. We can do that, and we'll just do. We'll just go to thirty-two and say Montreal every time, and then we'll have a and we'll have a good laugh, and then we'll move on. Yeah. Who's the worst team in the league? The Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens. They could they could be forty-nine and twenty, and we'll say I have them last in the league. Cole Caulfield oh, could have fifty-five goals, and Martin St. Louis could be a, co- a coach of the year, Jack Adams Award candidate, and we'll say thirty-second. Last, uh, fuck off. Minnesota Wild are zero and three, and they didn't make in Montreal is thirty second. Minnesota uh, Wild have given up, I believe, in three games. They've given up nineteen goals or something like yes, that. Like yes, they give 20, up twenty, goals. twenty, six, six, and 20. seven. I, yeah, six, six, yeah. and seven or something like that. Yeah. Like uh, uh, unbelievable. Wow. Like flurry. Uh, I hope I, I hope he hasn't I hope he hasn't lost it because you know they have a pretty good team around him but um, yeah they're they're struggling with some defensive zone issues themselves. Oh, I, Jesus, I I had them like Cup final, like I had them coming out of there, like I I had them winning yeah. the division, like I Minnesota's really talented and they are. Flurry, I feel like through his career, especially in the last I don't know three four years. Flurry gets to that point where you're like, okay, he's done. And then he rebounds and then all of a sudden he's good again and then he's done. Like, I feel like he's going a way up and down sort of trajectory. Uh, and right now, I mean, that's, it's, yeah, it's 20 to 12. They've scored 12 goals in three games. It's pretty good. And giving up 20. I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. So, um, but Hey, they're on the, uh, they're on the docket for this week in Boston. So great. Yeah. So hopefully that's a, hopefully that's a two points for the Bruins. All right. Uh, Bruins benders poll time. And the uh, poll this week was what is your biggest concern going forward with the Bruins? Is it defense without 73 consistent goaltending bottom six production or overall health? What is yours? That's a tough one. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think probably I would go overall health number one because mm-hmm. I think you know if you lose certain guys, the season's over. It plain, is plain and simple. But true. Uh, true. Number two is consistent goaltending because if you don't get that, the season is over. Right. Uh, and then I would say probably 
Life Without 73, and then mm. uh, whatever the last one was. <laughs> uh, bottom Six Production. Bottom Six Production. Okay. Yeah. So, so, here, so, here's, so here's what 121 votes told you. Okay. Is that the last one was 2% had consistent goaltending, which is hard to believe. So, so pe- people, people in and around no the, the Boston Bruins are like, our <laughs> yeah. goaltending is top-notch. Well, we are mint. set. Yeah, mint. we are Igor Shosturkin level good. Yeah. Oh, good, so good. Yeah, um, and this was done on uh, October fourteenth to like the seventeenth, so it was before the Senators game, but still. Okay. Two uh, percent. All right. Next one was defense without seventy three, seventeen percent. Okay. Okay. And then uh, overall health thirty three percent. And how about this for bottom six production forty eight percent, almost half the votes were concerned about bottom six production, which has been an issue with this team. I mean, it has been, I mean, it has been, I mean, it's a good poll by you because all those things are certainly issues. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, that, that's a, that was a, yeah, well-received poll and we had people writing in about bottom six and, you know, and, and a lot of them were definitely on the bottom six thing. Like they're really concerned about it. I'm not as concerned now. What I am concerned about is that third line with, with coil. Like I'm concerned about that line because I just don't know if there's enough production here, especially if Smith is struggling and Freddie, you can't count on. So I don't know who that is, if it's Greer. And then if you have someone else on the, you know, Lauco on the fourth line with Felino and Nosik, I mean, maybe that's better if Greer's on there and it's giving them a little bit of a life, but I'm really concerned about that coil line, especially with the money coil makes. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that after this year, I, Jesus, I, you almost wonder if they should try to move on from Coil, you know, because that's a pretty big price tag for a third line center who's, who's in the forty point range. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for 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 Coil to be effective, you need like a fifteen goal, thirty five assist season out of him. That's what yeah, I want. I want fifty. Points. I want fifty mm-hmm. points. I want him mm-hmm. to to be a difference maker. Like mm-hmm. we've talked about it before, but the, when the Bruins won the Cup in eleven. The third line was a difference maker that won them games, right. you know. So yeah, yeah, um, that's you know, Peverly, Ryder, Kelly, like that line won mm. them games. Um, mm. Ryder was yeah. phenomenal in that postseason. I mean, yeah. they but they all scored, yeah. you know, big goals. They did. So um, you know, and you Coy- could say that they that Montreal series in round one, they're yeah. down two to in games, they're down three to one in game four. And that line pretty much wins that game. Yeah. You know, Kelly scores with six minutes left to tie it. Ryder scores in overtime mm-hmm. on a great pass by Kelly. Yeah. Like that's that. They don't win that game. They may get bumped in the first round. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the type of production you need from your bottom six. Can they get that from this group? I don't know. <laughs> because, you know, Mike, Michael Ryder was a good NHL goal scorer. Like, yeah, he was, you know, and he's playing, playing yeah. down there in that line. So, well, well that's uh, what you hope. That was, that's what you hope for out of, out of Smith, you know, right. playing in the third line, you hope he could take advantage of some of those matchups. And then hopefully right. for the Bruins sake, when Marshan comes back, you know, and Zaka is down there and it's Zaka mm-hmm. coil Smith, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully that line can take advantage of some of those matchups right. and be, you know, a, be a difference maker for the team. 
Because it'll need to be. I, I like the sound of that one. I like the sound of that one. And you can move Zach at the center and move Coral the wing. Or sure. I mean, you could do some things there too. But yeah, I like the sound of that. It definitely even even if you threw Hall down there. Yeah. Like if you wanted to keep Zaka with them with the check line. Uh, but uh, yeah, the bottom six production is is a thing, and you know I, I'm 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 still a little uneasy about it going forward and in postseason. Um, all right, so the week ahead for the Bruins on October the twentieth versus the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim one and three on the season, and then on ten twenty two versus Minnesota zero and three on the season. Matt Boldy, my prediction to get forty goals this year, has forty four points in his first fifty NHL games, and that's just the third U.S. born player or the third overall U.S. born player, only topped by Brock Besser and Patrick Kane. Pretty good start to his pretty good start to yeah, his career really out good. there. Yeah. And he's been that's really I've watched some of the wild games because I I follow yeah. uh Boldy because uh mm-hmm. you know, whatever I know his dad. Right. Uh there so, you go. There you go. so yeah. uh and his dad knows you, yeah. even just as important. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh so <laughs> I, I've been watching some of the games and he's had a really good start to the season. He scored two yeah. spectacular goals uh in a game yeah. uh the other night that they lost. Um but he's he's playing really, really well. Uh and mm-hmm. it would be nice to see that team pick it up a little bit um for for his sake. It will. He's definitely except except against the Bruins. Yeah, on the 22nd. except except that Saturday matinee, which are always scary. Those Saturday matinees, especially yeah. against Arctic. You know what? Maybe teams. maybe the Bruins win that one four three, and Boldy has you know a hat trick. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or let's, you know, let's go with that. All right. Yeah. Right, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The way Minnesota's giving up goals, it probably will oh, be. God, it could be. Yeah. yeah. That might be a shootout. That might be eight to six. Yeah. That might be a shootout yeah. that day. Old Edmonton Oilers action. No, for sure. And then ten twenty five versus the Dallas Stars, the three and O Dallas Stars. So, a couple of tough ones in there with Minnesota and Dallas, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully the Bruins can get all three as they uh, spend some time at home, which is always good to do. I feel like Minnesota uh, always plays well against them too. They do. I mean, last year they won in the Garden three to two. I think it was yeah. like a three to two game. It was a tough game. It was one of those where the Bruins had so many chances and yeah. couldn't get there, and and Minnesota kind of you know pulled it out. Uh, and Minnesota was having a good stretch at the time, so they they do. Minnesota you know plays them tough, and mm-hmm. they're really talented. I mean, they're really good. So um, you know, hopefully the Bruins can can win these next three. Go to InsideTheRinkers.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Get some, get some shirts. Get some, uh, some hoodies for the winter. Uh, follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. We are now on TikTok. You can, you can get some portions of the episodes on TikTok, uh, and that's at Bruins Benders Podcast on TikTok. Subscribe to the YouTube. Go ahead and do that. And now you can listen to the Bruins Benders podcast on all platforms, including Amazon Music. So please rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on the pl- on the podcast platforms. We need some, some Apple uh, ratings. So go ahead on the Apple podcast and rate the Bruins, Bruins Benders podcast. And that is it for this episode, episode four in season two. Great start, but not sensational. And uh, we hope that the Bruins have a good week this week. And you do, too. Thanks for listening. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.